All right, guys, welcome back to episode. I can't remember, but it's, we're <laughs> here and we're we're ready to go. A lot of things have happened this week. We're just going to focus on two stories, but the first one I really wanted to kick off with because I think it's actually kind of a big deal, and people aren't saying it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, is that Utah? Which is so random. Like, why Utah? Right. They're banning social media for people under 18 right. um, without parental consent. Right. So essentially the idea behind the law is it's supposed to put the power into the parents' hands, mm-hmm. which I'm sure they already had in the first place, <laughs> right. to either allow or deny their kids from access from like Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, things like that. Now, they don't specify what app is technically a social media. Right. They just say, oh, it's anything that has over 10,000 users and has the ability to post and share content, which is a ton of websites and yeah. apps. I mean, Amazon is technically that. So it's they would need explicit permission for each individual social media page. Okay. So it's just like, can I go on the internet? It's like, <laughs> well, which website? You know, And you're going to need to get all these different permissions for those things. Right. And it brings up questions, which I'm sure we'll get into on like, how do you enforce this? Yeah, exactly. That's that's question number one for me. It's is this just something that I can lie about, you know, that I can put the wrong number in there? So like, yeah, I'm 18 when I'm 11 right. years old eating syrup from my you know arm or is something that I'll have to upload an ID, which you can also fake like. So the parents will need to upload their ID to prove that they are the legal guardian or parent of the kid mm-hmm. and to show that they're above the age of 18 to be able to give the permission. But that's that's my whole question, because if I'm an adult, they don't know if I'm a kid or an adult. So if I am creating an account, does do my parents need to testify that I'm over 18? Right. If you just say you were born in 1940, like what does that does that roll? Like, can you do that? <laughs> I'm not sure. Like I read this on a few articles. They talk about how enforcement is the key issue going forward. Which is like, duh, of course it's going to be difficult doing this. Yeah, I mean, you and I are both super um, on the fence about any kind of regulation. I'm not against all kinds of regulation because people are uh, not great, (laughs) unfortunately. Unfortunately, we need need laws. Exactly. You need laws because of the people that don't keep the law. And, and that's why every law exists, because someone ruined it for all of us at some point. It's always that guy, Jerry, who ruins it for everyone. <laughs> right. But for some things, I don't think that should be a law at all, because like you said, for this, for instance, that like this, this law doesn't bother me on what it is. Hmm. You know, well, you can't use um, social media under the age of 18 without your parents consent if if it ended there like you can't use it at all period i would be completely against it even though i don't think that kids or teenagers should be on social right. media you could ask the question like do you agree or disagree that the world would be better without tiktok it's like most like, people would be like <laughs> yeah i agree the world would be better right. but should you ban tiktok it's like whoa, whoa 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 now we're talking about a violation of the first amendment you're talking about free speech right you're talking about freedom you're talking about all these issues well yeah it's if, if you put yourself or anybody in the position of dictating what someone else can or cannot do, then you're putting yourself on top of those people, above those people. And it doesn't matter how moral your cause is, you're wrong in your premise that you can do that. Nobody can do that. Nobody should be able to do that. Um, so on this, and we had a conversation before we started recording this about, you know, the aspect of this uh, being, you said, you know, if, if parents 
want this you know if all of the parents got together well that's a democracy right like right. If, if the majority of, of of voting age people in utah want this mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to make an argument against it because that's what the people want but we're not a pure democracy it's you know we're a constitutional we're, republic exactly and so it's the representative so it's this guy the utah governor spencer cox uh signed this bill into law and he got a sponsor who's the sponsor michael mckell the Republican state senator who sponsored the bill, he mm -hmm. told the New York Times um, that social media is a contributing factor to poor teen mental health, which, I mean, who can disagree it's, with that? It's the number one contributing <laughs> factor. To and it. that the laws were intended to address that issue. See, I again, when I first heard about this, like 30 minutes ago, I was had not, a lot of time to think. about. I this. had so much time to think about this guy. I had a whole half an hour and I had no major problems with it but the longer i think about it the more problems i have with it because this kind of thing when people start being too moral about you know why they're doing the things they're doing it you look at the uh the why you're doing it rather than what you're doing and what you're doing matters you know you can't say oh i'm taking your right to choose because it's it's for the greater good it's for the, it's the road good. to hell is paved with good intentions but for me it's more this isn't necessarily taking something away it's exactly. as opposed to it's taking the decision for minors and putting it in the parent's hand but i'm thinking the parents already had this decision in the first yeah, place yeah, yeah, yeah. who this helps if you're literate yeah if you're living with a grandparent and they don't know how to ha how to it's work a your different phone generation they're thinking like i don't know how to put on a separate app that can restrict the time window of when you get on and right. when you get off like i'd rather just the government put that decision in my hand i can just like yes or no it yeah but again it's it's so messy to enforce so my this is like the reasons why I don't have a problem with it and the reason why I do have a problem with it. Let's hear it. I wouldn't have a problem with it because social media companies design these apps to be addictive and these kids don't know about it. And we do have predators online that will know exactly how to attack children and it's unprecedented. Like it's not on the dark corners of the web, you know? Like it's mainstream. It's mainstream and these people have millions of followers because kids do not know yet and it's biological they do not have the skills yet the human biological uh discernment to discern if someone is a predator or if someone is very nice oh that guy is so cool someone you know who is just creating patreon accounts to talk to children without the parents consent like oh you That's can pay happening. for this you don't have to prove that you are over 18 you pay for it and then you go and watch these private talks that we don't have access to unless i pay and i get into check so there are things that are so incredibly inappropriate and because we live in a culture that we need to affirm everybody's feelings so much which we shouldn't we don't know how to fight this because you can't just tell someone oh you you're being creepy you have to stop because then, you know, they can just, I don't know, sue you or accuse you of being right. whatever phobic you can right. be. And now, so now we have no, no tools to protect the children unless parents do what parents should do, which they don't always do. Still should be up to the parents. I know. I know. Yeah. And that's the reason why I do have a problem with the bill. It's because if you are a good parent and you are checking on your kids phones, you're going to keep doing that with or without the bill. I do not think that kids that don't have you know parents that are on top of them are going to improve at all like that the, yeah 
Well, nope. who is this for, right? It's for so it's for technologically illiterate people who need some help, I guess. Is that what it's for? Well, because if your parents have no problem with you having social media or if they don't care, mm-hmm. if they don't Which check. Which is probably a large They portion. will just get in and say yes. And But then they have to provide a photo ID and then it gets messy. Like, do I really want to be giving screenshots of my government issued ID to mm-hmm. all these social media companies right. that my kid wants to use? Right. I would end up probably saying no as a parent to half of them because I'm like, I don't want to throw my driver's license on the web to all these random sketchy websites. Exactly. You know, but my kid is saying, oh, all my friends are on this, so I want to be on this. And right. And you it men- just gets messy. You mentioned a point, which is, you know, when usually this kind of rule happens, people go around it somehow. They're going to have VPNs. They're going to have backdoors. They're going to have an app that is made specifically for this and right. just shows like that your IP is over in Maryland instead of Utah. This is going to happen. But again, this all comes back to enforcement. I'm not even against the idea of parents having the ability to choose. Right. I just don't like the government getting involved in this and yeah. forcing a, a private company to do something. Right. I feel like a lot of the discussions that I have with people that are pro laws like this or any kind of regulation, really, it we 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 disagree, not because we think differently about the issue, because I do think that social media is the devil for kids like they are so messed up because of it because they see these people that don't live real lives that record everything that they're they're paid to look a certain way they don't even really look like that like these kids want to look like caitlin jenner uh, not caitlin jenner like kylie jenner right and not even look like caitlin jenner (laughs) i know a lot of them and not even kylie jenner looks like kylie jenner like they have so many procedures And these kids look at themselves and they don't like themselves because their life doesn't look like what they see online, which is not real. So I agree that social media is bad for kids. I don't disagree. My disagreement, the point that I'm going from is I don't think should be, like you said, the place of the government to decide what you can do. You are a parent. Do your job. You know, or or don't, and you're you know the kid will unfortunately suffer the consequences. Right, but that's that's free will. But the thing the thing about it is the reason I think this is such a big deal mm. is Utah's the first through the gate with this. Right, but they're going to encounter all these issues. There's going to be technological issues, enforcement issues, legal issues, mm-hmm. and parents will be going to meetings and they'll be going to, um, I don't know what kind of. What do they have on Parks and Rec where they have like these town halls? Oh, the city hall meetings? The, the hearings, going, yeah. They'll probably be going to all these different city hall meetings it's and talking so about it. And then and then other states will all be watching and saying, okay, well, if we want to do this, we'll maybe do this differently. Mm-hmm. or we'll, you know, So it will evolve the way legislation does. I thought it was interesting here. Um, there's, a, there's a part here I, I wanted to um, specifically talk about. Several states have sought to enact guardrails for uh, young social media users. Lawmakers in Connecticut and Ohio have put forward measures to require parental permissions for users younger than 16. Which makes more sense, actually. Lawmakers in Arkansas and Texas have also introduced bills to restrict social media among minors under 18, with the latter aiming to ban social media accounts for minors entirely. California enacted a measure requiring social media networks to enact the highest privacy setting for users under, under 18. So there are different states testing out kind of different watered down versions of this. But mm. this is the first being like, no, anyone under 18, parents have to sign off on it. Mm. It's like, okay, how do they do that? And mm. it, you can read the bill. It goes into that. It's very right. lengthy. Right. But there's just a lot of complications with this. Right. Overall, I'd give this bill like a D plus. 
<laughs> I mean, this is not a hill that I would die on. Like, it's not a bad... The bill is not um, trying to enforce something bad. You know, my problem is that the bill exists in the first place. But I don't think it's trying to do something that it will hurt anybody. My other fear is that it opens the door for other bills of this kind that will be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, that's not something that I agree That will with. be egregiously infringing on your freedoms. Right. So, you know, I, I always fear because every time that the government asks you for a hand, they end up taking your whole body, not even the arm, your whole body. So and then I, you got to pay taxes on that body. <laughs> that is already like, yours. So, you know, my problems with these these laws is just... I don't trust the people that make them. Mm, that's a good one. <laughs> as much as I don't trust the people that run those companies, these 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 um, um, social media places, because they're all people. You know, they're always going to take whatever they want to take and 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 be self-interested. The government is not trying to do what's best for you. They're trying to what to do what's best for themselves. Even if the people that actually you know wrote the law, like the bill, they're well intended. There's problems with good intentions. You know, first of all, you're not the only one keeping it. You, you know, you involve everybody and everybody has a different interest. So even if you're good hearted, you're just like, oh, I just want to protect parents. It's not even your place to do that. And you just had to would have to accept that. But also you open a place for other people to take your bill and take advantage of it and right. do things that you did not even intend to do with that. So it's a dangerous, dicey thing to do to just let the government act like a parent. You should act like a parent if you're a parent. Act like a parent if you're a parent. <laughs> it sets a dangerous precedent, Michael McKell. And, and who's this other guy? Spencer Cox. Like, come on, Spencer. <laughs> Look at Spencer over here. He's like, Mer. can we do one more? We have time for one more? Yeah. All right. So the second story here, really interesting. Mm. Um, this is going to come as a oh shock, gosh. but also a shock to no one. Yeah. Becoming disabled by choice, not chance. Transabled people now feel like imposters in their fully working bodies. I want, I want to Google this. Okay, can you look this up? How is it called? Like decades ago, there is a name. There is. It's called. So the syndrome that I think you're referring to is 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 Mukausen, mm. Mukausen syndrome. So it's a fictitious disorder imposed on self. So there is that, and there's also the people that think the part of their body doesn't belong to them. That's exactly what this is, though. Well, I mean, that's... Because that's that's something else. Oh, you're right. Okay, so that that's what happened here. <laughs> so this is a, this so is th a, a group to the two of them. Right, and so let's be very... Let's be precise <laughs> with our words here. Right. This is from the National Post. Um, it's an article that's published. My goodness, back in 2015. So this has been around for a oh, little wow. while. I think old. it was just originally in the fringes of the internet right and no one really heard about it right unless you happen to stumble upon it but now it's becoming like mainstream uh household mm -hmm. discussion mm -hmm. um but here's someone in ottawa his goal was to become transabled my gosh people like jason this guy here uh -huh. have been classified as transabled feeling like imposters in their bodies their arms or legs are in full working order we define transability as the desire or need for a person identified as able-bodied by other people to transform his or her body to obtain a physical impairment. When he cut off his right arm with a very sharp power tool, a man who now calls himself one-handed Jason lets everyone believe it was an accident. This is, this is a mental illness. 
Yeah, but he had for months tried different means of cutting off and crushing his limb that never quite felt like his own. That That's it. That's the thing. Training himself on first aid so he wouldn't bleed to death. Even practicing on animal parts sourced from a butcher. What? Quote, my goal was to get the job done with no hope of reconstruction or reattachment. And I wanted some method that I could actually bring myself to do. The person could want to become deaf, blind, amputee, paraplegic. It's a really, really strong My desire. Goodness. Researchers in Canada are trying to understand how transabled people think and feel. Clive Baldwin, a researcher chair in the narrative studies who teaches work, blah, 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 has interviewed 37 people worldwide who identify as transabled. It's a lot of people, 37 people. Yeah. I mean, that would take a full week just to get through all those interviews. <laughs> Most of them are men. About half are in Germany or Switzerland. What is it about Germany or I Switzerland? Don't, I don't know. But he knows a few in Canada. Like, oh, yeah, I know a guy in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Most crave an amputation or paralysis, though he has interviewed one person who wants his penis removed. Oh, my gosh. Another wants to be blind. Oh, my goodness. Many people. Use a blindfold. <laughs> the heck are you talking about many people like one hand jason arrange accidents to help the goal one dropped an incredibly heavy concrete block on his legs and attempt to injure himself so bad an amputation would be necessary oh my but doctor saved the legs he limps but it is not the disability he wanted <laughs> i can't laugh don't laugh one day this is going to be come so mainstream they're going to look back and cancel us <laughs> you know this is going to happen <laughs> It's no way that this was this written. Thing, he's like, it's not what I wanted. Whoever wrote this knew exactly what they were. The transabled are very secretive and often keep their desires to themselves. Stop. Well, you're making me laugh now. Baldwin says one 78-year-old man told Baldwin he lived with the secret for 60 years and never told his wife. Some of his study participants do draw parallels to the experiences many transgender people express of not feeling like they're in the right body. Mm. So here's what's interesting. It reminded me of this Mukhausen disorder mm -hmm. or Mukhausen syndrome. This is from the Mayo Clinic. This is a real like thing that they've diagnosed people with. Mm -hmm. um, Mukhausen syndrome is when someone tries to gain attention or sympathy Mm -hmm. by falsifying, inducing, or exaggerating an illness. Right. They lie about the symptoms, sabotage medical tests, and harm themselves to get the symptoms. Mm -hmm. So my question is, how are you discerning between someone who, quote unquote, feels like they're in the wrong body mm -hmm. versus someone who just wants attention or empathy? Or, you know, there is another syndrome. I don't know the name of it, but you feel like a part of your body doesn't belong to you. This is not a new thing, but we would treat it differently, you know, because if you feel like your arm doesn't belong to you, there is something wrong in your head. Like that is not normal. But when we start calling things like, oh, you just have a different mind and we need to accept it and cater to you. So we will cut your arm up. That is it's so cruel because it's not the truth and it's something that will impair these people's lives and the people around them and you're just feeding uh you know an, an illness it is like like we treat depression and we treat anxiety by what they are they are mental illnesses and and you need to have we talk about it as this is how we solve it or this is how we make it feel better there all these things that we go through all these methods that you can try all these videos that people make but when it comes to people feeling this way about their own bodies we treat it as if it's something great 
you know like oh you're just so unique and that's why this is happening so much because we give attention mm. to people that are starved out, out of it and it's so sad because they should be loved and feel loved but this is not love you know cutting someone's arm or leg to make them feel special by being disabled it's not only an insult to people that are actually disabled and wish that they would not be but also it it feeds and a delusion that passes for love or a, a good attention for them but it's not you know it's just not so this is this is what's going through my head because obviously i'm not transabled <laughs> i've never nobody is but here <laughs> Here's what's here's what's going through my head. I'm thinking there's got to be layers to this. There's got to be groups of people. Mm. There's got to be someone who, and we all we all can imagine an idea of a person who, who either exaggerates an illness or fakes an illness because they they want to get disability checks or something like that right. from the government. Like obvious economic financial motive right. there. That's not a disorder. Exactly. That's just someone gaming the system. Yeah, you're you're a, a, a con artist. Yeah, yeah, and, and like you can completely understand that. I wrap my head around that completely. Right. Um, you can also think of a person who fakes an illness to gain something, not necessarily economic, but more emotional. Yeah, like someone like that. That's essentially what Mukasin syndrome is. Right. You know, I always think of uh, I think of Andy Dwyer and Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andy, he he faked. Um, having its cast on for too long right. because then his girlfriend took care of him for months. Yeah. You know, she like, she saw to his every need yeah. for months and the doctor knew he could get his cast off before. Anyway, so that's obvious too. You right. know, you get special attention from the loved ones around you yeah. or something like that. You know, so that makes sense because then there's a, um, it's a social motive. Right. You have economic and you have social. It's, this it's, is saying something a little different. This is saying that, it's not about the social motive and mm. it's not about the economic motive. There might be someone who, regardless of what people think and regardless of what they could gain from it, they feel as if they shouldn't have the able-bodiedness that they do. Well, but but how do you know what their motives are? You how don't. Do you, know? you have to take their word for it. And so I have a sneaking suspicion mm. that it falls into one of the previous two categories I just described. Right. And that it's not this third category of saying, I believe that I'm a disabled person born in a fully abled person's body. Because if you really believe that, how much would you feel like you won the lottery, right? You're mm. like, oh my gosh, like I, I felt like I should have been paraplegic, <laughs> but now I have fully working limbs. Right. I mean... That would be amazing. If you really believe that, you'd be so grateful. You'd right. be like, oh my gosh, like I felt like I'm supposed to be paraplegic, but I have these working limbs. But that's that's where the mental illnesses come from. Because if you look at it the opposite way than what you just described, then it's the way that you look at it and it's the way that you think of it uh, shows that there's something wrong with your head. And it's not something bad. Like it, uh, saying like, oh, you might have a mental illness. It's not something saying something bad about the person. It's just saying you do need help. Like, do you want to be factually accurate to help someone if you care about them? Or mm-hmm. do you want to just placate their feelings and, and protect yourself? Right. <laughs> just say, Which yeah, is do what you're you want, doing. Man. Exactly. So here's the issue. I think if someone is over the age of 18 and mm-hmm. they want to chop their own hand off, I don't think that's right. I think that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think that a government through threat of force or any other type of violence or, or economic incentive 
should prevent you from doing that. But should you be allowed to go to a hospital and ask for that for no with no reason? If they're going to a private institution and they're paying their own money and it's not government subsidized, like a government subsidized healthcare, they're not mm. forcing taxpayers to pay for your own chopping of your hand off, right. then I think, why not? That's, that's a private exchange between two individuals. My issue mm. is that if we start normalizing that, oh yeah, some people are just disabled people born in able-bodied uh, physical forms and they need to disable themselves. Right. It's going to eventually happen to kids. Well, it's going to be some four-year-old who's like, "Well, I, I, my, I know a guy over there who's in a wheelchair. I feel like I should be in a wheelchair." Yeah, I love it. And they it might not fun. know why they want that because right. they're four, yeah. but they might want it because the, the, I don't know, maybe they got attention from a teacher that or something. That is a hundred percent gonna happen. And it, see, my you're gonna have we, an irreversible surgery. This is how we go apart because I do also. I, you know that, like I do not like the government the thing is when i think about this kind of situation when someone is is um w when it involves with our, our psyche and involves our bodies i don't think that we should treat it as as if we're buying a phone you know like oh you go to a private institution if that you want to chop your hand off because there's something wrong about it so for me like there is there is the aspect of we're all humans and there are things they're a moral loss. They're just like gravity. It doesn't depend on our personal beliefs. You know, one of them is like we don't murder each other. And we don't just punch each other on the face. Or if you if you do, you get punched back. But they're, you know what I mean? Like those are um, extreme situations that happen. And society doesn't teach us how to be human. It, it socializes us. And it teaches us, you know, how to behave with each other on a daily life. But there are things that we just know as tiny children you know we just have they're bigger than our my personal beliefs my religious beliefs it goes beyond that for me for us to approve you know an adult cutting their own limbs just because they feel like it it's something that it's one of those things because i do think that we're the same species and 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 this this does go on my personal belief that if i love my neighbor as i love myself i can't allow that to happen even if they really really want to so what would you do if a friend of yours will believe that they were disabled born in an able body mm -hmm. and they wanted to chop their arm off i would ask them to see someone and I would, what if I would, they didn't and they just went ahead and did it anyway well i can't stop people from doing that but one thing is for them to do it themselves like that guy did like he researched it he did it at home there's nothing that nobody could have done on that situation but and it's in your hands if i am the doctor then it's on me i am the one with the tools if i put on companies the right of just doing surgeries like this for no reason because one thing is for you to get like bigger boobs you know, like you're not getting impaired. That's by one that. thing, guys. We're not we're not going that far. Of course, we allow bigger boobs. But if you're chopping something off, something that is important, like it's not an appendix. How about it's a reduction arm. of boobs? You feel like you were a small breasted person born in a, in a large breasted <laughs> body. I feel like back pains are real. That's what I feel like. OK, you so you're saying there's a there's a medical um, functionality that could be increased by re removing your breast. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. If someone's chopping their this hand off, this is not that, by the way. Like this is a completely different situation. Right? It's there's not... no medical. There's no medical uh, benefit of chopping your arm off 
And so and, and you're just that. you're just doing that because there's something in your brain right. that's different. And you're like, I want my body to match what's in my brain. So I think that this argument of transabledness uh. can really run alongside parallel with the with the transgender issue. They're mm. kind of similar. Right. Because you just saw someone wants to chop their penis off. We have a name for that now. We didn't necessarily in 2015 as right. much, but that's transgender. I mean, maybe maybe this guy doesn't feel like he is the opposite sex. Maybe he just feels like that penis doesn't belong to him, which <laughs> might be something different. Well, that's kind of to say that you look down and you're like, that doesn't belong there. <laughs> well, but then it doesn't mean that you feel like a woman. Sure. Yeah, right. So you might think, I just, that doesn't belong there, but I'm straight. Like, exactly. You know I just I mean? don't want it because you, I don't know, you... And that's my problem. It's the reasoning. Like, so it's interesting. We're, we're touching on a topic where we're saying, okay, someone can do something to themselves. You can't stop that. Mm -hmm. But to allow someone to go to a medical doctor and right. the doctor to have a, a, an actual procedure for that and say, yeah. I'll do it for you surgically in that's, a safe way, in a safe environment. You're making it It's legitimizing it. And you're saying that sets a dangerous precedent of mass adoption well yes and and also you're basically saying oh i do think that person has something going on in their heads because that's not normal but i'm gonna go along with it right what does that say about you like i think it's awful i think that like i would personally have a very poor opinion of a doctor who makes money off chopping off people's arms you can make an argument about this looking at you know if you think that people should do whatever they want to their own bodies even though you think that's egregious and that's against everything that you would like every cell on your body saying no 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 everything but you're not going to speak up on it and you're actually going to allow that to become a legitimate procedure. You can apply that to anything, you know, anything that depends on people saying no to something. It's like, oh, you know, it doesn't affect me. It just it's affecting them. Right. That is not how life works. Like society wouldn't work if we all as a community wouldn't agree on certain things that make us who we are. Like the West wouldn't be the West if we just didn't let go of some primal instincts of, you know, tribal and, and, and rebellion. And we just agreed, like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to be different states. We're all going to respect each other. You can do you. But these are the rules that you cannot cross, no matter what you believe, no matter who you are. These are the laws. If they believe that, they can believe that. But I don't have to believe it, too. I don't have to well, even yeah, pretend that I believe it. I agree. And I think that's the point of this podcast is we're seeing these issues and we're talking about them and we're right. saying this is what we believe. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not saying any law should be changed. There will be times when we say there should be a law about this or maybe right. they're saying we disagree with this law. Right. But I think with this, we're thinking this is sad that this yeah. is even a thing for um I guess six cases out of 100,000 people, that's Mucousin Disorder uh, Syndrome. They did a study at the National Hospital Discharge Survey in 2013 um, where there were 6.8 cases, which, I mean, who is the 0.8, you know? <laughs> but there were 6.8 cases. There's seven cases of fictitious disorder per 100,000 patients. Also, like, do these people, before they do get these surgeries, do they get to see a therapist for at least a couple of years? I think they should see a therapist, um, right? But my guess is no. I my guess is if I wanted to walk into Baltimore Hospital right mm -hmm. now, the hospital I was born at, and I wanted to get my arm chopped off, there isn't a single doctor in that hospital who's just going to chop my arm right, off. Right. Right. So what we're talking about almost is a moot point mm -hmm. because 
it can't really happen right now. Well, what can happen yeah. is if it involves your gender identity. Because right. at that point, it's a protected issue mm-hmm. socially. But it became protected very quickly. So you're saying essentially this could eventually happen with people who think they're born transabled. If I affirm you, your identity, I know it's not a real thing. And I know there's something wrong with you. And I could help you if I just was brave enough to tell you that you need help Mm. and to not um, feed that delusion because I can't convince you otherwise, but I can not feed your delusion. Remember that guy, that guy from uh, Project, well, he's not Project Veritas anymore. He just left. James O'Keefe. Yeah. Remember when he was in college and he convinced the college to ban uh, that um, Lucky Charms? Right. Cereal. Because it's offensive to uh, uh, Irish people. He did it as a prank and they did it. And they did it. They said he says offensive to Irish Americans that not all of them have a pot of, of gold at the end of the rainbow. And I mean, I got to show you this. Did you hear about that guy in politics who is a white male? And oh, yes. He just decided that he was going to start identifying as a black woman. <laughs> and he right. said not only is he a black woman, but this is part of his gender journey. Right. And I feel like modern problems. Yeah require modern solutions yeah it's uh it's uh the the you know the the woman i saw this video like this woman protesting for you know equal pay like you know let's women have to get paid the same way that men do for the same job and this boy is like saying how men make less money on OnlyFans than the girls do and she's like we're not protesting for the same thing i do not support that he's like no, but I make less money. These girls just have to show like a little side boob and they make so much more money. They're like, no, it's not the same. But it is though. Like when you apply that logic to everything, it, it gets flawed. And then if you, either you defend everything or you don't defend anything. And that's how we got to the litter box. That's a good point is that we went from, we went from calling it gender dysphoria mm-hmm. and treating it as such yeah. to being transgendered. Mm-hmm. And then you went from having Mucousin syndrome to many of them possibly being like, oh, well, now that's transabled. Right. And so what gets tricky is how do you legislate a population that can change on a whim right. their identity? Because can I park in a handicapped parking spot if right. I identify as transabled? Right. It'd be like, well, you probably would still have to go through the legal hoops of applying for it. Right. But instead of actually having a physical test to prove it and a doctor, you would just tell them that's your identity, mm. which means essentially as long as anyone's willing to fill out the application and see a doctor, anyone right. could probably have a parking. Right. Uh, one of those things they put on their car so yeah. they can park. A lot of people are going to abuse that. This is interesting. Yeah. I think this is fascinating. At the end of the day, this is a very, very small minority of the population well, that we're discussing right now and they're exploiting a a weakness in the armor of debating this factually because mm. as long as it's someone's subjective identity right there is no fact that can possibly exactly. debate that because it doesn't so depend on fact it's in god you're in god mode at that point you, right. you there's no way to even debate that in a public forum in fact it's at the point where to debate it itself just mm-hmm. to question it is abhorrent behavior yeah so this is happening in 2023 what'll happen in the next 10 20 30 years it's gonna be so interesting to watch i mean there will will be be no shortage of entertainment (laughs) i mean like i said majority of the people this aren't transabled 
you know, even out of everyone who's been discharged from the hospital, out of 100,000 people, it was like seven of them might have been exaggerating or, or, or claiming different things. Right. I mean, if you're one of the people who claims that they're transabled, you now are part of this like super hyper minority where you'll get people coming to your house with like wanting interviews and you'll have. And then suddenly it's not six or eight anymore. Suddenly it's 200. And then this is this is another problem because some people do have a real illness that should be treated and not treating it. It's cruel when you ignore it. But then, well, like you said, when a bunch of people just like the attention and they say they are the same way, but they're not, they make it the issue into a different issue. Now it's no longer about what your mind, you know, it's going through, but it's your identity. And when I take, I take that and I advertise it as just a, you know, this is my identity. This is who I really am. Someone who is completely normal. And then they can speak in a very convincing way, but because they don't have something wrong with their minds, they do not sound like, you know, a person who should be hospitalized. They sound like a completely normal person because they are, they just want attention. When you do that, then you take all those other people that actually do need help and you just blend them in with the identity people. And then now I can't even recognize which people should be treated for a mental illnesses and which people should be slapped. And just say, like, step out of it. Like, this is not about you. Well, this is one of those topics that you could probably debate forever in a lot of different ways. But we got to call it off eventually. Um, so, yeah, I know this is a weird one. There's no way to intro out of it. But I hope you guys have a great week. <laughs> and uh, we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.